What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Talk Something Up podcast. Uh, today we have a good friend of mine, Eric Ebinger. Um, t- in today's show, we get into a lot about his family, some economic talks, some past job employments, and a lot of other things. So here it is. Enjoy. Eric, welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, it's uh, great to be here. Appreciate you inviting me on the show. How have you been? I know uh, we're going to start off with some uh, breaking news. I know you just got recently engaged. How does that feel, my friend? Uh, it's a it's a it's a crazy feeling. Uh, it's not really real. It has these uh, I guess real moments where it uh, like it actually registers in my head. But then you know, it just seems like everything's normal. But uh, the closer we get to the the date, um, you know, it uh, seems realer and realer. But it's it's cool. It's, now, yeah, because it's only been about two months now, right? No, I'm sorry, maybe three months or so. Actually, well, for, since the engagement, it's been... Oh, no, since I got something in the mail, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. so, so the, since the save the date, yeah, it's been it's been about two months from the save the dates, yep. But the actual thing was, in, what, back in, like, January or February or de- something, right? December 26th, I think. Uh, oh, it was, <laughs> like, the day after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what I was trying to avoid was, like, one of those... Uh, those uh, if 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 you ever did that, I'm not I'm not calling you out, but it's a little I guess a little cheesy if it's on like Christmas doing the proposal on ah, Christmas. I admit, well, <laughs> I, I some might claim it that it'll be very. Uh, it might, cute, be, it might be the first time, first and only time I'll ever use this phrase, but it's very uh, Hallmark like. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no, that's if that's what you're going for. I guess it is uh, kind of Hallmark like. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool. Um, it's the day after, so it doesn't count. It's the day after Christmas. Totally not Hallmark. Um, no, but it, it was fun. We went, uh, we went uh, ice skating, and our friends were uh, involved in the whole uh, scheme, and it, it was great. It turned out a lot better. I was, uh, I've always wanted to, uh, to I'd like, I didn't know how I was gonna do anything like that ever in my life, um, mm-hmm. and my, I just wanted it to be good, and it, it turned out good. So I'm very happy with it. So. Well, the fact that you had somebody actually there with you too capture the moment yeah. i think i think this is probably the biggest <laughs> the most important part of it yeah no it was uh, actually a couple of her friends um that we that we had there oh and, so uh, you had multiple people there. yeah and i okay. made it i i had them uh say like oh let's go ice skating like had it all of their ideas so she didn't suspect the thing and it was great um and it you know it it, it went off really well and I, I she's she's she picks up on things very very like very subtle things so i yeah, didn't know yeah. how to do this oh but, but she, she's not a um She's not a dumb human being by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, she's very smart and she picks up on everything. So I had to be super crafty. <laughs> but uh, what what made you decide to take that major step? Um, I figured it was a uh, it was time. Um, I don't know. It it just felt right. Like I figured I'm at a point in my life where uh, you know it's time to start making some concrete choices. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't really uh, do make those concrete choices without having like that piece figured out since I, you know, and I felt like she was going to say yes, thank goodness she did. That would have been pretty <laughs> awkward. Um, but I just figured, uh, you know, it's time to, uh, I think, you know, get a house and, you know, I, a point in my career where uh, I'm starting to, you know, get settled into where I want to be. And I just, I fig- felt like, you know, pieces were starting to fall in place. So I figured uh, it was time. Did the um, stress of, or, or if there was any, any stress whatsoever, the, uh, because now it's almost like it's frowned upon when you're not, um, not only at least dating somebody by your early to mid twenties, but also engaged in having children by that age as well. Did that 
did those did thoughts like that have any role in it whatsoever did did, did they play any sort of role um no not really i'm on my own timeline um you know i i think that it's a little silly uh I, I, well it's not silly uh, i i get why it's uh, like having certain i guess uh expectations of people that have certain things done at certain times of their life i get it like as you know society kind of pushes that on you and you know family and everyone wants to see you you know have children or whatever but it has to be this yeah, time yeah. frame you know like it's it it, it it could be a lot, um, but I also I get why there's these uh, societal constraints. But uh, no, not at all. I, I don't think it had anything to do with that. I could have waited ten more years. Could have been five years ago. Like I, I, depending upon the point of my life, if everything else seemed okay, I, I think it would have happened when it felt right, not because of uh, you know pressure to do so. Right. Did uh, so did social media have anything to do with it? Because I mean that's where that's where you see a lot of this stuff, if not all of this stuff anymore. Now that we're pretty modernized, I guess, right. um, people post all their stuff on on the social media. I'm sure when you see it day after day after day, <laughs> I'm sure there were a couple of thoughts here and there that that contributed, perhaps. Uh, may- maybe for her, maybe she was getting uh, tired of waiting for <laughs> me to ask. <laughs> but uh, no, not at all. No, I think that social media is uh, uh, just an illusion everything about social media is just an illusion and uh you know you can't really you know you you gotta at least remember that when seeing everyone posting all of their stuff and how happy everyone is online and you know uh, all the things that they're doing it's all you know it's always the best part it's always the best uh pictures it's always the best uh instances of who they are so you know seeing all that happiness and being like am i missing out Am I missing out on something great from, you know, being engaged and married? Um, but you're only seeing the good parts. You don't see the, the hard parts. Um, right, you don't see what's behind the scenes yeah, you don't see behind any... the curtain or whatever whatever phrase you want to use with that. Right, yeah. So, no, I, I, don't, th- I don't think it did uh, have any uh, bearing on uh, decisions or timelines or anything like that because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, uh, skeptic of uh, social media and uh, in, in what it does to people. So, I, for me personally, at least, I, I keep that in the back of my mind that – it's always the best version of everyone on social media, not the true version. So uh, definitely. But uh, speaking of um, happier times in your life, because uh, you've had many as of uh, more recently, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about what your uh, early childhood was like. My early childhood. Well, if, you, if you can uh, have any uh, memories from when uh, you were a, when you were in the age realm of single digits. <laughs> um. I don't really remember too much of my childhood, honestly. Um, I, I don't know if I blacked it out or if it, I just I don't remember it well anymore. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't. I know the one thing I always do is I give my parents a lot of credit. They um, they got divorced. Uh, my mom and my dad. Uh, probably when I was like I don't know five or something. But I don't remember most of it. They never really fought in front of us. Um, I'm sure they had a lot of disagreements. That's a great thing. Yeah, no, I, that's why I give them all the credit in the world is that I'm sure, you know, maybe, you know, it wasn't the best situation or whatever the reason was that they got divorced. I don't know. And I really don't want to know. I don't really care. Um, I, I, I don't need to know all that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, it, it, I give them a lot of credit because they never really show – like, it was always, you know, they never made sly comments about each other. They never – you like know, not a whole lot of sarcasm. Not a lot of sar- sar- uh, sarcasm. I remember like always like if it was Mother's Day, my dad would take me to CVS to get a Mother's Day card for my mom, and yep. vice versa for Father's mm-hmm. Day. And like they were always 
for, at least in front of us, they were always super civil and always super, you know, encouraging to make sure to, you know, to talk to each other. And they always, uh, they always did good for us, did, did good things for us. So, uh, you know, uh, that's the one thing from my childhood I remember is not much fighting, which is great, especially if you have divorced parents. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, I, I, I'm very fortunate. I, uh, my family gave a lot to me and my brother, uh, in terms of, you know, we had everything we needed. We, we weren't like, we didn't have super extravagant stuff, but, uh, it was, uh, always just enough. And that's I fairly middle that. class in yeah. other words. Yeah. No, we didn't have all the no, totally all average yep. type of, I get it. Yep. It, you know, actually it was actually kind of nice where, um, for a, like a pretty long time where I, uh, I would actually be excited, like, I, not that I liked my parents being divorced, but, like, I would have two Thanksgivings, or sometimes three Thanksgivings, because I'd yeah, go to my yeah. grandparents, too, you know? I'd uh, have two Christmases, I'd have, you know, so, instead of just having one, so, it, some sometimes it was not great, but other, most, uh, a lot of times, it was actually kind of cool, where I got multiple experiences, you know, I had two families, you know, I had a stepmom and a stepdad, on, respectively, on each side as well, yep. so yep. I had basically two families, so, uh, do I remember a lot from it? Not really, but... I know it was good, for the most part. <laughs> now you mentioned uh, your brother. I I know I remember. You, I'm not sure if this is still the case now, mm-hmm. but at least, um, maybe three years ago or something, you told me that he was uh, he, that he lives in California now. Correct. Yep. If this if it's still the case. Yep, still in California. You guys keep in touch regularly, uh, or just like here and there, or just here and there. Probably probably should we probably should talk more, but uh, you know I'm. Uh, He's busy. I'm busy. It's uh, the time zone difference is a little bit, you know, off. It's three hours, so which isn't, oh, like, yes. which isn't like a lot, but it's enough where if in the morning I can't say anything because it's still four in the morning. You know, right. if I wake up, um, and then throughout the day, you know, maybe, but then I'm I'm working, and by the time you know he gets done work, it's like eight p.m., nine p.m. here, so it's like I can't yeah. even like really call, you know, and you know he has his life out there, so um, sometimes. Uh, he he's a big gamer. He plays a lot of games. So that's, cool. um, that's really cool. Yeah, he, him and his friends play a lot of games. So you know, I I try to play, but then it's it's always you know the time zone difference is is tough during the week. Definitely. And then the weekends, it's like you know a small opportunity. But then that's on the weekends is when me and uh, Kirsten will actually like go visit family or we'll go do things because we can't do it during the week. So there's not really a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, just uh, to answer your question, <laughs> uh, very, very seldomly, but, like, we're always, like, when we do talk, it's always, you know, it, it's always good, and it's always, like, a good conversation. Well, my family, a lot of times, will video chat him when, like, we go see my grandparents or uh, other family members, so we'll, like, call him on, like, I don't know, like, a Google Hangouts or something, and uh, we'll video chat him. So, I, like, I talk to him, you know, probably, like, once a month, like, video chat him. Yeah. But that's with my whole family. Right, yeah. right. Now, were you got before he moved out west were you guys always in Galway like pretty much your whole childhood before he before he kind of went west and you kind of stayed here for the most part and yeah so what happened was uh he he actually moved to uh he went to Rowan so he moved to my oh, dad's cool. house okay. first so we both lived in my mom's um and then he went to Rowan so then he moved to my dad's house to be close to Rowan um and then you know I was I was in Galway and he was in in at my dad's house uh yeah and yeah. Eventually, he, uh, you know, he. If it was actually a short amount of time where we both lived at my dad's house, um, because then I was starting to go to Rowan and everything like that. So we we were we lived there for a little bit, but it was very probably like maybe a year or less. And then that's when he finished his masters and very got cool. a job at Google, and then moved. That's awesome. 
moved all the way to California. That's awesome. Uh, does it? Does he like what he does? Yeah, no, he he likes it generally. He he thinks he's in a very specialized uh, program. Uh, like uh, what he's working on is very very specialized. It's like it's with cell phones, um, where like emergency calling and like it, like the innards, like the the software part of Android. So like it's not super flashy. It's not super cool. Yeah. It's not super innovative. Um, so like he sometimes you know he's, he's expressed like I want to be working on some cool like you know Google self driving car or, you right, know something right, that's right. like innovative something different but that he you know oh, I'm sure you got to work your way up to something like yeah that. and you got to move mean, different teams and not everything's out in California like some of them they're in New York some of the times they're in like Germany like these yeah, some of these yeah. teams aren't all in California so you know he he might have to move geographically or you know move to different maybe teams. even across the pond who right. Knows? who knows um so he while he wishes that he could do that you know his experience is in what he's doing and he, he likes it generally enough to be there for five years or whatever it is so uh and you went to uh fast forwarding a couple of years you went to uh apps Gammy, if i'm not mistaken correct yep go braves how was uh <laughs> how was uh the high school life for you uh it was good um any I, interesting things that went on or any funny times cool moments I was really quiet in high school which if you know me I'm always quiet um very not very um I I don't like talking to new people like not that people aren't cool I just but to new people yeah new people yes once I have established friends it's fine but I'm not very outgoing um but yeah no I was huge into marching band that was my whole identity was marching band we uh we won a couple uh a lot lot of competitions so we were we were very good um not, state not titles to or, yeah. or was mm-hmm. it like a regional no, well, regional so we, we we won we won states every year um wow and we won a couple northern uh, like there was a northern states championship which is a couple different states okay um and then we had like a national every year we had like a national title um that we would compete for um never really made it over the hump there but we were close we got second one year so very cool um very cool. but that was like that's like it's the nothing national. to scoff at no no we, no i'm very proud of what we did um and uh you know that was kind of our where all my friends were um we never really did anything else besides marching band so <laughs> what well, what made you want to get into marching band um i don't know i did, I did music uh elementary school they always had this like fair of different things you could do and then you know I, I wandered over to the the music one and they had like a giant snare drum you know uh, cool. sitting out and it was just loud and you know I guess it caught my attention so ever since elementary school through middle school I did band and then I saw you could do marching drums and I was like oh that's so cool <laughs> you can be loud but moving around yeah, you know exactly. it's not just simultaneously because I was never like a drum set person I I, I can't if, just sitting down yeah, chilling and I, doing your thing it, I appreciate what people do on drum set but I, I can't do that um I, I could play like a little bit but that's just because I I've played drums for a lot long time um I, I know rhythmically what's going on just my my limbs don't move like that um <laughs> but uh yeah, so I, I just I thought it was really cool to um, to be able to like run around the field and it, it was like my kind of my uh, me doing sports but musically, right. <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, it was cool. So because I, I know in elementary school what they do is they'll especially when you only have you know sixty or seventy kids in the grade. Yep. It's like half of them will go into band and then half of them will be just doing just regular old. Uh, yep chorus or choir or whatever it's called yep um i was is it was that the case back also as well or yes and not so much um 
for some, I don't know if it's in the water or something, but uh, Galloway is very artsy, and I mean that by like it's a very strong community of you know theater, uh, th- you know, people that do theater, music, uh, sing, you know, singing. Um, we have just a long, lot of strong roots. Like I, one of my one of my great friends, his name's Henry. He does a, he helps compose stuff, and he's he's had stuff on Broadway, uh, like wow. composing stuff. Um, a couple people I went to high school with that, you know, they're on Broadway now. They're not leads, but, you know, they're doing, you know, backup roles and they're maybe someday we'll, you know, Broadway is Broadway. Yeah. Broadway's Broadway. If you can make it on there, (laughs) you know, you're obviously uh, great. Yeah. You're doing something right. I don't know what's in the water, but, uh, we're not very gifted, uh, uh, athletically. I mean, there's some, there's the the, the occasional athlete here and there in Galloway that, uh, that sticks out, but Mm -hmm. musically and, you know, uh, arts wise, um, you know, it's a very, very big, uh, big thing in Galloway so you know yeah our school most of you know a lot of people were in band and all the different because uh, we had I think six five or six elementary schools in our district because okay. there's a lot of kids yeah it was just pretty much the same in Melville about yeah, five just, or six. just a bunch of them where then we would do like these giant combined concerts mm-hmm. um, you know mm-hmm. we do all that kind of stuff so it was a, you know within the school it was kind of a small school where I went so but a large chunk of everybody was actually in some sort of music uh, discipline or you know or like you said choir or band yeah I mean, it, it was like at least when i was over there they, they split off into you, you were either doing one thing or you were doing the other i mean it's not there yep. wasn't you, you weren't gonna do yeah, both. you weren't playing you know if you lacrosse in elementary school like <laughs> you're not playing. if you weren't instrumentally inclined then you were you were gonna be in the, in the choir right. somehow right 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 um and you graduated back in 2011 or was it 2012 2012 okay what, what was that feeling like for you finally <laughs> finally getting out of well i mean not not finally getting out of Sammy, but you know just moving on um well <laughs> leading up to it it was great um because i was i was kind of over it um i kind of just wanted to move on and do some different things um i always uh, if you know me i'm always um looking at like tomorrow but i never you know actually follow through but that's a different story for another you know, move on and let's do something with, you know, with my life. Yes. Um, so I was excited to leave. Now, if, if we're talking about actually the day of graduation, I don't know if I've ever told you the story or, you know, ever told you about this. Um, if you ever get a chance, whoever's, you know, listening or also you, if you want, mm-hmm. um, I'll actually bring it up now. Um, oh, so very impromptu. Yeah. So my graduation day was crazy. Um, if you get a chance, Google Absagami <laughs> High School Graduation 2012. And look at the look, look at the photos. Not to no no no. I, well, not going to spoil anything, obviously. But yeah, you know, I, I did hear. Yeah, I, I have heard a story. I don't know of how accurate it is. It might be a different year, but it maybe. But I just want to show you. Uh, oh show, yeah, that's the same year. Yep, that's yeah, that's the same year. So <laughs> if you look it up, if you look at Absagami High School graduation, uh, it's very, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's very uh, uh, clear just, and distinct. And it was nuts. Um, falls falls in my uh, <laughs> wheelhouse. So um, yeah. So it. It, the day of was um, just extremely crazy weather-wise. Um, there was reports of maybe like a storm, maybe. but there, there, Typical was, thunderstorm. Yeah, right? it wasn't anything. You know, they didn't cancel because they figured they could get everything done in time. Um, turns out it was very, you know, if it, I'm going to tell you what happened, but I would recommend looking it up because the photos are nuts. I think um, it's on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes, it is on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> the, the famous um, YouTube. Yes, go ahead. Uh, and, you know... Basically, a, you know, uh, we think almost a tornado touched down at the um, the school next to because there, there's Absagami and then like right across the street ish, 
um, is at one of the elementary schools. They think it was around there where like a tornado almost touched down, um, and it was nuts. There was uh, so it was basically just a funnel. It's a, it's a funnel, funnel cloud, everything very close to the good. Yeah, um, and you know, I actually, if you on my Facebook, I have a picture of me getting it with a black eye because I got hit in the face with a, a piece of hail that was oh, like God. the size of like a golf ball. Like I have a black eye. Um, it was mayhem. Uh, I remember taking, I remember this lady was running with a stroller, um, and you know, the baby's getting hit and she's crying. So I remember oh, taking my no. gown off. Okay. I just threw my gown on top. Um, and then we ran into those, like a, there's a senior cafeteria with the door open. Everyone ran in there. Yeah. Um, and that's where I met up with some of my family, and I had my black eye. <laughs> um, then was... someone punched you in the face. No, it's just a <laughs> no, piece I just of graduated. <laughs> um, but yeah, so leading up to graduation, I was super excited. The day of my graduation, super terrified. I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Two totally different feelings. Yeah. And you went to um to did you go to Rowan or Stockton? Um, the two so ma- it's it's the two major colleges it's around here. It, it literally eighty percent of people that I went to high school with uh, either go to Stockton or uh, Rowan. Um, but I originally was going to go to, uh, to Stockton. Um, actually I got okay. accepted to Stockton. I was actually going to be a nursing major. Um, but to get into the nursing major, uh, you know, into the nursing program, you have to be very, very, very good academically. Like your grades have to be way up there. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get into it. I got into Stockton generically, but I didn't get into the nursing program. Right, right, so what right. they what they recommended was to go to uh, the local community college and take the the classes, st- take some of these classes. And if you get like you know A's and B's and you know, get really high grades, you know, in those four classes they recommend, then you apply again, and then they they might take you because you could transfer those classes in. So I went to Atlanta Cape Community College for Very a cool. couple of years. Um, which was actually really great that I did that. I didn't want to, um, but financially it was great because I did basically half of my degree at um, Atlanta Cape Community College, and uh, and it saved me a bunch of money. But yeah. um, so yeah. So anyway, I, I decided uh, I, I took those classes, didn't get in again, and I was like, hmm, do I really want to do this anymore? So then I switched my major, and then I started taking generic uh, like business classes, um, accounting, economics classes, and that's when I. Um, I took my first economics class and I fell in love with it. And then that's when I was like, I'm going to get a degree in economics. Uh, it's, it's, it's great that you mention the economics part of your life because I know how well inclined you are with that stuff. Um, d- despite what you may think of, think <laughs> of yourself that way. Yeah. Um, what do you know? What exactly made you fall, you know, fall in love with it? Um, made you want to keep going along with it? I like the idea of, like, efficiency. I like the idea of, um, you know, uh, things working as good as they can, um, you know, finding the best solution. Um, and I'm also interested with, like, people and, like, what drives them to do what they do. And that's the, the study of, you know, the. there's just so many different dif- disciplines within economics that it was interesting. Um, you know, the study of economics is taking uh, human behavior um, – and measuring what the people do with scarce resources. That could be money, right? Mm-hmm. How much money someone has or yep. how many resources uh, like the planet has. So there's like environmental economics, um, labor. You know, there's labor economics. There's all kinds of different disciplines. And it just the, the, it fascinated me what the, the study of people when resources are scarce and like, you know, what, what drives people's decision making. I just think it's so fascinating. 
and just seeing what, you know, because I'm very indecisive, um, and trying to learn how people make decisions kind of was interesting because I don't know how I make decisions, so mm-hmm. uh, seeing how other people make decisions was a, a, an interesting thing for me. I didn't know where it was going to bring me, but I just figured it was interesting to start out with. Was it... What was there? It seems like there's a tie-in with some some kind of psychological aspect. Oh, I'm sure. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, does because it, it, I wouldn't say it's a whole different realm, but how how did psychology contribute to the economic part of it? How did that just tie in together? You know, I, I don't know. I, I think that it, you know, it's just I think people are always trying to understand other people. Um, you know, and you're saying like, you know, psychology for, I guess me, right. Why did I pick it? Or, you know, I I just think Mm -hmm. it was just me trying to understand the the psychological aspect of other people. Right. I I don't, I don't understand myself or other people. So I wanted to kind of learn about it and, um, you know, how, you know, why do people think the way they do and, and how they act accordingly. And, uh, I just feel like just the way that I am, it fits well with economics uh, and the things that they look at, um, because I just I'm, I'm unsure, and I, I'm always look I'm always uh, I'm looking for new information. I'm always looking for I'm very very data driven. Okay. Um, I'm very uh, you know that's how I make decisions. Is like mm-hmm. I, I'm not that I'm I'm not cold hearted, but at the end of the day, when you're when you're trying to make a decision, you know you can only work with what information you have. Um, so psychologically, you know, economics was a good, uh, a good fit for me because it's all data. It's, it's making decisions based on data, and that's mm-hmm. just who I am. So that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like dealing with um, numbers and things like that? Yeah. So, uh, well, because so, I mean, that, that's where a lot of data is in, oh, yeah. in terms of numbers and things like that. I wasn't sure yep. if that actually also tied into the economical aspect. Yep. Um, you know, uh, data, data can lie. I will say that, but data when, when done correctly, data doesn't lie. You know, if, if everything's done with, you know, integrity and, you know, things aren't being skewed, you know, it's one of the most concrete ways to make a decision, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I, that's what, that's drew me to it too, is like, if you, if you study other social sciences like uh, psychology or like the, the broad sense of like psychology, sociology, sociology you know, it's all opinion based of, you know, how people think and what they observe. Right. It's it's not it's not as concrete. It's I like to think it's the most concrete, unconcrete science, social science. Right. <laughs> That's it's a great the, way of putting it. Actually. It's 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 doing research. It's observing humans, but it's the most concrete one of them all. And it's. Looking at, you know, I, I like looking at numbers and data sets. And actually, that's what I do at work a lot is uh, looking at large data sets and, you know, driving, you know, opinions and, and decisions from those large data sets, um, which is it's great for me. And, you know, and my, my concentration in school was econometrics, which is the statistical analysis of economic data. So not only is it just like normal math right it's actually statistics you know trying to find the best probability of this will occur the you know the the equilibrium point of these different um you know sets of data you know different decisions being made at what point so um yeah no data is a huge part of it and it's it's i find comfort in in numbers because while they can be skewed they can be um you know things can happen to them it's it's pretty uh it's pretty comforting knowing that it's probably 
pretty close to being accurate if everything's done correctly. Well, because you know what? A lot of people don't want to look at the numerical aspect into things because uh, they find they find data and numbers not really exciting or uh, in some places if people are going to put it so bluntly it's, it gives some people headaches <laughs> yeah. uh, personally that's not with me mm-hmm. uh, you know you know how I am I like my weather and it has a lot of uh, numbers as- associated with it but what, what would you uh, say to, uh, to somebody who say well numbers are aren't very exciting why would you want to get involved in something like that and analyzing data um all day long numbers are beautiful (laughs) um i think that it's uh i I would tell them that just because they're hard doesn't mean that like you know it It can be i mean not always obviously right right so there's two i guess there's two reasons why people don't like numbers typically i guess is Mm -hmm. either it's hard to come up with the numbers it's hard to you know like a lot of people have trouble with math which you know i did for a while and i eventually got you know good at it and eventually i used it in my major but um you know it's either really difficult to understand and then people get turned off by that because you know mm-hmm. it's it's hard to you know they don't they don't want to deal with it and to that i would say just keep practicing because uh, math is is nice in the fact that there's always just one answer typically i mean there's some <laughs> weird cases but you know there's always an answer there's just always an answer it's not one of those like english questions where you know in english class where they ask you well how do you feel about that or you know and what you know please explain you know you know generally what's going on you know math it's like you do the calculations and here it is this is this is the answer so while it may be difficult to get to the answer once you know how to you're always going to know how to get to that answer exactly. so that's number one number two is that if it's just boring right who cares about numbers maybe it's not it's not gripping it's not like a story right you have to like derive the story from there um you know that's kind of a thing that people just either like or don't like i don't know if you can really convince someone to like numbers but i like to remind people that there is always a story in data it's not just a cold set of data it's not a cold sense of you know ones twos five ten you know mm-hmm. it's there's a reason there's something going on are they going right. up and why are they going down and why uh, is, you know, is there a gap in the data? Well, why, you know, did something happen? You know, there's always things, you know, you can, you can infer a lot of things from data um, that it's, that's, that aren't necessarily clean cut. So sometimes it is a mystery and sometimes it is a story to be told. So while the, the numbers themselves might be boring, the story they tell aren't always so boring. Especially when you're analyzing the data right. day mm-hmm. after day after day. Right. Um, did you grad? So, did you graduate from Rowan, or did yep. you graduate? Okay, what what made you transfer from there? To to Rowan? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, well, um, well, so I, I was like, I, I could have finished my degree, uh, my associates um, at ACCC, um, Atlanta okay. Cape, um, um, but I just I kind of wanted to do something. Once I kind of knew what I wanted to do. Um, I saw that, you know, at this point, actually, Stockton didn't have an economics program because I probably would have went to Stockton, honestly. Um, oh, I mean, it, it's nearby with you. I mean, right. uh, um, that would almost be a no-brainer for a, right. for a lot they of didn't, people. But they didn't have anything in economics. They didn't have a, a, they didn't have a degree in economics at this point. So or the some only, sort of program yeah, or something like so that. So the only one who did was Rowan. So I was like, all right, well. Um, and I, I was getting a little impatient um, so, because I wanted to, like, you know, start really going towards my degree. So, mm-hmm. I, I think I had two more semesters before I would have got my associates. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. So, I transferred my half associate's degree of <laughs> my classes <laughs> to Rowan. 
Um, Glad the credits just transferred over. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. I did, <laughs> I did all my research, though. I'm, I'm huge with that, you know. Uh, but I, I made sure everything would transfer, and it did. So I, I met with one of the advisors. Um, I already had all everything planned out. I was like, this would go here, this would go here. You know, I already knew everything. So they're like, okay, great. <laughs> they didn't have to really Oh, you're much. the easiest person yeah, exactly, seen all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they were like, okay, cool. So then they signed over this thing saying they agree, you know, that the classes would probably transfer. So I was like, okay, cool. So then I applied for it and uh, got, I got accepted. And uh, Very cool. Yeah, and then I, I figured I want to do something else. But, you know, I didn't, like, I graduated from Rowan. But I didn't really go to Rowan. So what I mean by that is that I experienced zero of the college life, right? Okay. I didn't do anything. I commuted everywhere. So when I went to ACCC, I commuted. Um, and then when I went to Rowan, I, I, I was a commuter. I, I never once went elsewhere besides my classes. So, yes, did I go to, uh, did I go to Rowan? Yes. Did I like go to Rowan? No, I didn't. So people <laughs> ask me like, I've had people, you know, new, new, new students, like on the first day be like, you know what building this is? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> if you find out, let me know because I have no idea. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I regret that a little bit. Um, not actually like even just like a semester, just like, you know, living there or, or like going to like events, never went to a Rowan party. You know what I mean? Like, not that I really want to, I'm not a huge partier, but like, you know, I, I just, I didn't get I literally did nothing at school except go to school, which I know seems kind of a like a silly statement. Like, yeah, that's what you're there for. But like, you know, you also want to like they have events, they have different you know clubs. I didn't do anything there, um, you know. So that's something I kind of regret. But yeah, no, I, I did technically graduate uh, at with Rowan, at Rowan. Well, I would argue uh, by saying just be. Yes, you went there, but just because you didn't join some sort of club or a sports team or anything like that, right. doesn't I, I would argue that it doesn't diminish you and your degree sure. and what you did for you know to earn that uh, four-year degree. Sure. No, I I I. I... I think I agree with that. Um, you know, I, I worked hard. Um, I definitely... Uh, you paid your dues. <laughs> I did, uh, and, and money. <laughs> good, good amount. Um, not as much, though, because I went to uh, ACCC beforehand. So mm -hmm. if you're hearing this and you're just trying to decide if you go to a two-year and then a four, transfer it to a four-year, do that. It'll save you. It'll cut your tuition in half. Um, but, you know, I do I wish I did all of that stuff? Yeah, but also I'm very proud of what I did by just going, being a commuter, also working full-time. You know, at, at you know where I was working, and uh, not uh, you know, being able to, to graduate with good grades and uh, very cool. You know, finishing out what I started. Very cool. Um, yeah. Speaking of that other place, <laughs> oh, that you place. knew you you knew ahead of time we were gonna get into this at some point. Um, it's where you and I met. Yep. Um, not exactly. I don't remember the exact conversation or setting. Um. But, uh, yeah, you spent nine and a half years there, almost ten years there. Yep. Describe it out for me. <laughs> well, for some people that don't know, um, I didn't originally start at the same store. So are we saying the name? Or are we... <laughs> Go, you know what? Might as well. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't, I don't work there anymore. I don't care. 
Um, yeah, so I worked at a, uh, a, well, we worked at a supermarket chain. Uh, it's well known on the East Coast, uh, ShopRite. <laughs> well, particularly in New Jersey, in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. And Connecticut. Yes. A couple stores in, yep. Um, Maryland as well, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> that's true. And uh, yeah, so I originally started in Galloway because Galloway had a shop right there. My brother actually got me the job. Um, oh, was he also there? At yeah, the same he, time? he was. Oh, yeah, very he, cool. he okay. started uh, a, like a couple years before I did. Um, you know, he worked there and then he was like, hey, my brother needs a job. Can, <laughs> you know, a lot of times that's how, yeah, at ShopRite, you know, uh, how that works is like, hey, my, my friend needs a job. You're like, yeah, sure. Um, so I got a job there. So I started at Galloway ShopRite for a while. Um, then I, I worked there for a bit, um, went to like the courtesy desk and I actually started, I became like a backup bookkeeper there. So mm-hmm. I got all kinds of different, uh, shop rate skills. Um, and then I was going to Rowan. So I was, I, that's a very far commute from where my dad lived, um, to in Pittsgrove. I don't know if I've ever mentioned yeah. that. Not that he doesn't live there anymore for a lot of reasons, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, that's probably, probably 45 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one way. Yeah. It was not, not great. So I was, there was the land, there was the land of shop, right? Um, that was, you know, close. You didn't have to go through Millville to get there. Right. Cause I mean, if you um, take, nope. Uh, so at least from Galloway, you basically have to go through Maze Landing and okay. then through the back country of, and fields of Vineland. Um, right, right, right. So, yeah, so that was a very long drive. So I was looking to transfer, um, you know, and I eventually did transfer. Uh, you know, I appreciate uh, good old Mike, good old Mike Alvarez for uh, approving my transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate that guy. And uh, he, uh, you know, brought me on board because I had some things that they needed. They needed a backup bookkeeper and they always just needed, you know, good people. Um you know, it's funny because with uh, transfers, you never know what you're going to get. Um, you know, there's like a lot of times. Much like a box of chocolates. Right, yes. exactly. <laughs> See, the problem is with transfers is a lot of the times there's a reason why people are being transferred. and It's not a good reason. Um, okay. So you're always skeptical of transfers. I'm not saying that as like a blanket statement because a lot of times we've had a lot of good people that transfer from other stores. It just seems like sometimes, you know, it's like it either works out really good or really bad and there's no in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, so I, I hopefully was a good transfer. And... Uh, you know, I, I eventually, you know, I, and I became a full time, uh, well, not full time, sorry, a, a a valued member of Landis Shop, right? And that's where we met. <laughs> where did, what uh, year did you start there? Was it like twenty twelve or thirteen or something, something like that, right? When did oh. I start at Landis? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say I think it was fourteen. Yeah, because we we were we started around the same time. Well, no, well, I know it was the same year, but. Maybe not exactly the, the yeah. same time, at least. Yeah, I want to say it was like maybe 14, 13, 14, maybe 15. I don't know. Everything blends together anymore. <laughs> but uh, I, I would say, I'm going to guess 14, 2014. Um, and uh, that's when I uh, transferred there and uh, started my uh, journey as a, at least then it was, I was just a, a courtesy associate. And uh, yeah. Now, did that's you, it. Uh... That's all. That's, that's all about shop, right? Nothing, nothing else happened. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, um, while, while being there, did you see... Uh, did you honestly see yourself wanting to move up and step? Because I know you did. Um, did you at the at the time? Did you want to move up or just do your job, go home, collect the paycheck? From day one, I told everyone, and they they always thought I was kidding, or you know, I would. Or you were just quote, crazy. Yeah, becoming a lifer or whatever. No, I never ever wanted to fully make Shoprite my uh, my career forever. Mm-hmm. Never. Nope. I knew it from the beginning. I. Um, 
it just wasn't who I was, who I wanted to be forever. Um, and I, I knew that always. And people were like, oh, no, like, you know, you're no, you just say that now. But once you start getting paid and you start getting money, nope. I made uh, I made more money then than I do now still. And I still don't regret my decision ever leaving. Not that I didn't appreciate ShopRite. I mm-hmm. did uh, wholeheartedly. I appreciated everyone there. Um, but uh, and to, to answer your question, no, I, I definitely knew uh, that I was never going uh, to permanently stay there. Um, I didn't. I was thinking I might be there for longer. Um than I planned, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, which is a usual case for 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 a lot of people. for a lot of younger people. Yep, you know because it wasn't the same as it was you know thirty years ago. True, um, but uh, no, but I, I knew eventually I was going to leave. I just didn't know when. I didn't know how. Um, I didn't know how you know what I wanted to accomplish there. There were some things that I had le- wanted to still do maybe before I left, but then I, uh, you know, I, other things popped up. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't going to stay there forever. I knew that in my heart of hearts had never once crossed my mind that maybe I'll do this forever. Nope. So I would. So when people think of moving up with a company or a place of empl- or or in some other place of employment, yep. um, they would think, well, moving up, you're it just it's fairly obvious that you're going to be there for thirty years and then retire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. I don't think especially with a retail chain it's not the case True. i think just because somebody moves up in any sort of company that you're in or any place that you work for doesn't mean you're going to be there for 30 35 years and retire um i know you moved up from uh, because when you mentioned your old courtesy days mm-hmm. um did you think then that you were going to become a uh, um, part of the store management team there? Nope. Actually, I thought I was going to be a bookkeeper. If I ever was going to stay, um, if, if for whatever reason, or for a long time, I thought my, my path was going to be through bookkeeping. Um, Hence like, the whole reason why you got you got your degree and what you got exactly. your degree. Exactly. It's always money. Yeah. It, it's, it's always been money. It's been either, you know, tracking money, uh, the application of money, you know, whatever. It's always been in the back of my head, uh, you know, dealing with money. So, um, yeah, so I thought that my path was going to be through a bookkeeper. Um, I never thought that the store management would ever be an opportunity. Um, I knew that... Uh, like, I knew the front-end stuff uh, well enough where I could do that kind of thing, but it never was an, an ambition of mine. No. No, it just, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, opportunity met a... What's that, what's that phrase, you know? Uh, opportunity meets a preparation or something like that. <laughs> where yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I did everything I could to be the best employee I could be. Um, and then there was a need for a nighttime lockup person uh, due to various reasons. And, uh, you know... And I got asked to do it, and uh, but no, I was never my plan. I would never I, if they would have just like posted that. I don't think I would have applied. But they asked me to possibly interview. They didn't ask me to do it per se. They had other people that they were talking to also. Um, but if they just put like a job posting up, like oh yeah, night lockup needed, I probably wouldn't have applied. Hmm. <laughs> nope. Only because of probably the hours. And yeah, just like just that. everything. Like getting getting yep. done at eleven o'clock every every night. Every isn't? night. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes later, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, all the time later. I'm not. <laughs> very, very rarely did I ever leave at 11.15. That that's what killed me because it was, uh, 
always uh, something's wrong, always something, you know... A problem a that problem. needs to be solved. And, yeah, you know, or yeah. for tomorrow. I, I also felt fundamentally wrong with, like, leaving a problem for someone in the morning. Um, so, like, even if something happened at night, you know, I, I wanted to try to find a solution before I left for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, that's not cool. I, I hated having things left for me, so I didn't want to do that to other people. So I would think that just speaks wonders about you, your character, and your work ethic, if anything. I mean... I know sometimes it didn't exactly go appreciated, especially with certain people. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Uh. <laughs> did uh, did that bother you at all? That you didn't... In certain situations where you didn't feel like you got recognition that you felt like you deserve to hear from certain uh, individuals? Uh, it was never recognition. Um, I, I'm not a, necessarily the kind of person who likes recognition, I just felt like the fruits of my uh, my labor, if you will, of me trying to you know either establish a culture of, of you know trying to take care of each other or you know trying to fix problems or uh, t- take care of different things, I guess um, would always get like I don't I want to say like sabotaged, but it always like it, those other forces that kind of worked counter what I was trying to do, and so it was never really it was never um, I never really wanted like accolades i don't want my name on like a billboard of like you or know some this sort is, of plaque yeah i don't, I, I, don't yeah. I don't want any of that i just felt like any idea that i had or anything that i tried to implement somehow got torpedoed <laughs> and uh you know it, it just seemed like there was just a lot of forces uh working against me trying to genuinely try to make uh working there a better place right um whether you know it was some of the things were intentional or not it just seemed like there was always uh you know two steps forward and one and a half steps back so just very very incremental you know steps of steps progress. forward but j- just barely a lot more i feel like i could have done a lot more um but a lot was being asked of me and and to 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 be fair i let that those things happen to me i um i always try to uh you know, take think? the burden off of other people and instead made my life 10 times harder when i probably should have pushed other people to do their to do their part as well do you feel like it was a uh because I know, I know a lot of people there that are in a position of power, and I think this is a lot of cases with any place of employment. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in a position of power, when they, I don't want to say, you know, ask for someone else's opinion, but right. when somebody that's in a slightly lower position of power, um, their ideas and suggestions don't get. The proper, respected yeah the proper vetting. if i'm gonna put it bluntly respected yeah um right. th- which is what this sounds like to you yep yeah that's I, I did feel that way a lot um you know there was a lot of things that i did do that you know that did get that within my circle of influence i could control and i felt like did make a positive impact but things that i felt like really could make an impact were always seemed to be like oh okay sure yeah well we'll talk to someone or yeah just kind of brush to the side um and you know i feel like that the the company you know the the organization who owned uh the shop rights we had uh felt like you know they, they've they own a couple stores oh they own a bunch of stores um but i feel like in that they kind of lost like the individuality of you know stores and you know management teams and the innovation that comes with people that are actually in the stores um i felt like it was always very blanket you know this is what we're doing but that's not always going to work um and i had ideas to maybe there's you know, no one size fits there, all. When you have that thing. many stores, yeah. you can't just blanketly implement 
um, you know, just policies and, you know, certain things you can short, but, uh, you know, other approaches maybe need to be tweaked a little bit. And I just, I, I felt like I had a lot of ideas and I felt like my, uh, the air was taken out of my sails a lot because of, you know, very deflating. To be yeah. very de- being, it's very deflating when you you have all this optimism and ideas, and then they just get dismissed. Not even not even considered, and then like carefully like explained why they can't be for whatever reason. You know, it could be this reason, that reason, legal reasons, um, uh, you know, uh, personnel reasons, p- philosophy reasons, like whatever. But like the why is important, especially when being shot down. <laughs> right. And uh, not having that is just uh, you know it, it really kind of turn me off to the company and and that, that that business in general because it just it just didn't seem to jive with what i was trying to do so because i remember not any very detailed um conversations that we've had there were times where you have you know pitched me your ideas and i said please do try to go implement this idea yep. because it sounds it sounds really good especially on paper yeah and when it didn't come to fruition, how did that? How did that make you feel exactly? Just it, it's rough because, like, especially when you see when you see a glaring problem, and the th- the, the problem is in my position. Um, you know, I was kind of the I was the customer service uh, manager, or what CSM or whatever you want to call it. I, don't, I, fr- I think that's what they still call it. Mm-hmm. Um, they may have labeled it something different, but. <laughs> My job was like kind of like the, I did the hiring. I did the like kind of like the liaison of the employees to the ma- management team. Really, it's like they kind of come to me with their complaints and you know and their suggestions and ideas and issues. Um, and while they can, while when other employees can go to the other you know managers, um, you know that, I was kind of like the first line of defense um, and not defense because I'm not trying to like fight them off, but uh, right, right, they're right. Fir- the first person to talk to. I heard all the complaints. And it's extra frustrating when you hear people complaining about certain things that you could change, but for some reason aren't being changed, you know? So, you know, talking about different ideas that I've had or other people had that I've brought to the to the management team to try to get implemented to find a solution, um, you know, it, it's ten times worse when people are telling you how, you know, how much they're frustrated or how much trouble they're having, and you have a way to fix it, and then you can't even fix it. <laughs> so it's like... It's like it's ten times worse. So, um, it's one thing to have an idea and it, it get you know, you know dismissed. It's another thing to have an idea that would help a lot of people and change things the way that we did things for the better, and then it still gets to uh, you know turned down. So not great. <laughs> I, I did hear in the past. If I uh, I'm not going to mention names. <laughs> I did hear in the past um, of. Things about you in the past, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not going to name names because it's not really important. It doesn't matter, yeah. Um, because I find it to be really silly at this point. Sure. <laughs> um, however, I will. what I will tell you is that on the unfortunate time that I had to listen to these things, <laughs> um, well, it's true, um, people would describe you... I'll put it bluntly, mm-hmm. um, that would describe you as a pushover. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you have any idea how difficult it was to bite my tongue with it, but sure. I, I, I did. I managed, um, and I didn't report it to you because we're not trying to start problems. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, hearing this, what say you? about about those uh comments and descriptions about you 
Um, I would say that it is partially true, partially not true. Okay. Um, I would, you know, one, uh, if someone, you know, felt that way and, you know, and they, you know, felt like I wasn't doing enough, uh, you, you might be right. There was some times when I didn't, you know, want to get into certain issues, um, didn't want to deal with certain things because, you know, I also, I also try to remember, well, I try to remind whoever this, whoever these people are or a person or whoever, you know, I was very young too. You know, I, I think if I did it again, if I were to become a manager now, I wouldn't have been a pushover, um, as much as I was, um, because I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about people. I've basically some of it through shop, right? So unfortunately you have to learn the hard way. Um, well, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, what, again, well, not, not to keep harping on it, but it was what your degree is in, understanding how people work right. and things like that. I'm sure that contributed. Right. And it w- but, yeah, and it's more about the data-driven part of, you know, I didn't want to necessarily deal with people, per se, as much as, you know, the business side of it, the, you know, um, you know the numbers. You know, I helped I, – I like doing the budget for the store. I, you know, I would help our store manager do that. So that was the like – hours every week, Yeah, the too. hours, yeah. So, like, I, I helped with, like, the, the, the financial part of it. Um, but I really just definitely did uh, lack on the people part of it and not dealing with certain things and just kind of saying yes, yeah, yeah. But the one thing I do want to say to that is that a lot of it, especially towards the second half of my tenure, um, was that – Second I, half of Landis' tenure yeah, or no, just no, I mean, in general? As, in terms of like the first part, I, I was very driven and I wasn't much of a, as much of a pushover when I was night, night lockup. Okay. Um, because I have I had dreams and ambitions for things that I wanted to accomplish as a part of the management team, um, but the more you there's a direct correlation of how much I guess you would call me a pushover versus how frustrated I was with, um, with uh, like I don't want to say the management team, but like the like what I can accomplish as a manager. Um, I a lot of people don't know that I was not as powerful. Like I, I was very powerless, um, with a lot of things. So my me quote unquote being a pushover not a lot of times was me not wanting to deal with things or, or wanting to take things head on it was that I really couldn't or I was discouraged that I that it would be it would be such an uphill battle to try to you know fix things or talk to people about things or you know try to establish change so was I a pushover probably was it always because I was just was didn't care no partially because I'm not really good with people um, but a lot of the times it was that of my, uh, my, I was, uh, I would respectfully disagree with that. Uh, um, okay. only because I, no, 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 yeah. well, no, please do hear me yeah. out. Um, because you, you, you say that you're not a, uh, what, what's, what's the phrase that I'm looking for? Not a people person. Right. But I, I saw on several occasions where you would have a sidebar with this employee or have a meeting with another one. Right. You just you somehow found a way to, I think, defuse a lot of situations that went on there. Sure. Um, but the fact that people would go out of your way to tell you that problems should... I, you know, I, I wouldn't take that lightly. Well, and yeah. the fact that they would want to hear your response about your problem and they confide in you sure. to answer it honestly. That's true. Um, which is why I would only partially disagree with you saying that you're a that you're not a people person. Right. 
No, that's a good reminder. I, I would say. But in in the same argument, I would say, look, it's it's really just work related. It's not something. It's not something that's on a personal level or right. anything like that or something like mm-hmm. that. It's it was always strictly work related, right? Which is why it's only a partial disagreement, right? Well, the thing is though, like especially working with people, and I'm, I was there so many hours a week. Like you, you really start do genuinely caring about people. So like, you know, a lot of the times, it, it, you know, it's it it quote unquote, it's like it's work related, but you know, a lot of times it is per, you know, it's a lot personal. You really care about these people, and you really you see what they're going through. You start hearing about their lives. You you know, hear all that stuff, and uh, you know you do genuinely care about people uh, that you work with, especially when you're there all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's tough. Uh, I mean, it's a good reminder to say that you know, if people, you know, because there's some people, other parts of the management team that would never hear anything from anyone because they no one trusted them or no one yeah. you know can, could confine to them because they really thought that they wouldn't care because probably five seconds yeah. later they would say hey did yeah. you hear what so exactly said? um yeah i was not perfect with uh you know with people um i was not perfect with dealing with situations there was a lot of things that i should have you know hindsight's twenty twenty. i should have <laughs> you know you know took care of immediately should have things that shouldn't have gotten to where they were at and i regret those things um you know i regret uh a lot of not a lot of things a good amount of things where i probably should have did better but i learned from that and that's what i'm saying now is you know if i were to do it again and I, I went back to shop right tomorrow as a uh as a manager um i would be 10 times better um and that's just kind of you know, learn i was just so discouraged and you know i was over it you know sometimes you're, you're over it and you just you don't care anymore um right. and that's not because of the people you care about the people um it's just systematically things were were not jiving anymore so yeah maybe uh i was a bit of a pushover um but so apologies if you felt that way (laughs) uh i didn't mean to uh make you feel that way (laughs) (laughs) um do you keep in touch with anybody uh that that you worked with now i'm sorry that that you worked with then then yeah nope not really i mean there's a couple people i'll occasionally get a snapchat from or uh yeah, you know, but not like directly, not you really. know, go back and forth with a um, text or something. Yeah, you know this, and a lot of people that know me know this. I'm very bad at communicating. I disappear a lot, not because I don't like talking to people. I just don't have the energy. <laughs> I don't have the 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 moral uh, the, the the mental fortitude to like you know keep a. Keep Yeah. Um, him and I don't like. I, I I don't I don't text him. Like he's like one of my like genuine like one of my best friends. Um, oh, yeah, and, cool. And I've known him for a long time. Um, and I still I only talk to him like once a month, <laughs> barely. You know, like I just don't like that's just not the thing. It's like I, I normally at least with him, like I I'll hang out with him occasionally like once every couple months, and then we'll like talk about everything and get caught up, and then that's it. Exactly. So I, I'm not a very good keeper up or texter. Like I this like the the minutia of the day, filling people in with because like I don't think people care that much about my life to do that or to like tell them about it. At least that's just my feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so like no, not really. I don't really. Probably ones that sound like they're short lived and yeah. Um, 
uh, one more question and we'll finally move on from this uh, lovely chapter of your life (laughs) Um, (laughs) what's the the one what's one the one big thing that you learned from there Um, the one big the big thing that I learned from there Um, that and that you can apply to your life now being being out of there for what two years now almost yep um that i've mentioned it once already it's the circle of control i I forget who told me that it may have been like a workshop they did or or, you know one of the um but i uh want to change everything to make everything better but i've learned that there are a lot of moving parts in an organization in a store or in a company or in a and you can't change everything overnight um so one of the you know and there's a lot of you know people involved and there's personalities and there's there's so many different variables or in a program or you know something where you can't change everything overnight and you can't sometimes you can't change everything at all you know sometimes you only can you can only influence in your what we call it that um is uh is all you can do and you know stressing yourself out about that is not uh it's just wasting mental capacity stressing about things you can't control um right. i know that seems kind of stereotypical but mm-hmm. it was a great analogy actually i heard recently where like if you take a boat or like a uh, like a plane and uh you just change the, the 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 direction one degree if you go far enough out you're going to end up at a totally different destination you know yeah. even just that even the slightest change in the direction will uh, as you continue to fly or you know, sale or whatever, you're going to end up at a totally new destination. So as long as you're making small changes in the right direction, you're going to end up at a better place. So um, that's kind of the approach I take now in my current job because of, you know, because of that lovely, lovely place. <laughs> I do miss everyone though. I will say, uh, I won't say everyone. Like, I, I like, not that I, I don't have any hard feelings on like for anybody. Like, you know, I, um, there's a, there's a lot of people I met in my time at, at ShopRite. Um, but I generally hope everyone the best and I really hope uh, everyone's, you know, doing great. And I miss talking to a lot of people. Just the, the interactions with people was was great and I didn't know it until I went to a job where I'm 100% virtual and I don't talk to people anymore. Um, you know, talking to a lot of people even if sometimes, you know, <laughs> it was crazy stuff. Um, you know, I, I do miss that. So if you're, if you're listening and you're from uh, ShopRite, I, I, I miss talking to you and I hope you're doing well. <laughs> During... Uh... During that time that you were there, um, that we were there actually, um, there were a couple of uh, moments and times that really tested the mental capabilities of people while they were there. A couple of passings that you and I both know. Yep. Um, but the one that the one that comes to mind um, during that time, and I remember going to this, and it was, it really, it tested, it tested my capabilities because of how we were friends and things like that. When, uh, but the time that I'm referring to was with your dad. Yep. Um, I remember going to that, and, and in case we're not beating around the bush, uh, it's. He's not. He's unfortunately not with us anymore. Um, I. It was. 
like I said, it was very, uh, it tested my, it didn't test patience perhaps, it would, it was just trying to keep it together for you. Um, how did, how did that time affect you? Yeah, that, um, that whole time was rough. Um, because I remember having multiple conversations with you and things yeah. like that. I, w- I would always ask about him when, when he was still with us and always, always try to be as respectful as I could with you. Um, because I knew it was near and dear. Yep. And obviously that's what friends do. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it, it was, I, I, you know, that, that was a rough time. And I do appreciate my entire, uh, like, support system that was helping me through that. You know, some parts of the management team, some people from ShopRite used specifically, you know, a lot of, you know, some other friends that I had back home, too, you know. Uh, back all, in Galloway. And back in Galloway, Okay, yeah. cool. Um, cool. You know, knew about, you know, my, my, uh, my dad's health um, and, uh, the, you know, things that were starting to turn not great, um, you know. And it was, it was a really tough time because it, it was so many things going on in my life. Um, you know, that going on, I was actually at an internship at the, the Federal Reserve uh, back yes, in Philadelphia. Yes, I do remember that time. Um, and that was like my dream job, right? So I, we were talking earlier about my, uh, my degree and, you know, things that I wanted to do. And I had a job doing that um, as an internship. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, and I would do it again. If I, if I had the time to do it again and, you know, have him around and still have to do it again, I'd leave again but they offer me you know a position and I, I chose I chose to decline it because uh you know I wanted to spend the last bit of time you know I could with my dad um you know and it, that would have to be in Philly and you know it was it, you know it, I would do it again like I said it was just it was there was that you know a lot of tough decisions making you know and uh, like my life was very very consistent and very very you know was, was great for you know a long time um and that was the one of the huge jarring things that and and not in a good way <laughs> um where you know he you know he, he started getting sick and you know it really it really put a strain on you know me and my family and uh you know, he's a, he's a great guy. You know, it's, it's one thing where, you know, if you're, like, not talking to someone and then, you know, hear they're sick and you're like, oh, no, and, you you know, you, you talk to him for a little bit. But, you know, that's my dad. And, you know, he, he just – he was just a great person. And I – if I can be even close to what he was in my life, um, I'll definitely be – I would count my life as successful because, you know, he's just a great model person. He was not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was definitely a, a perfect dad in the sense that he always – you know, do what he could, and uh, yeah. So it was it was a rough time, and yeah, I was I appreciate the support system I had at Shoprite and elsewhere, because if not, I don't know how I would have made through that that time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what kind of uh, what kind of role did he play with you in in, in your life? Um, he was always he was always the uh, always. I don't know. Like I got <laughs> like I'm very. I, I didn't know how similar I was to him until other people would like come around and be like wow you're just like your dad or your dad's just yeah. like you or or you know he'd be like you would have made that joke if you know, he didn't get to it first like uh you know he was he was just really you know he was did a lot of you know he was just more like a more simple guy he was a super smart guy um and he you know he's an electrical engineer so he was a super smart dude um and you know he always he kind of shared the same you know uh love of like numbers and like uh, knowledge and science and um you know that kind of stuff so it was kind of like a 
uh, beacon for like you know get you know educated you know find out about the world you know he always I, he would never get mad uh, like I would I, I asked so many questions as a kid but he always knew the answer so I always kept asking and <laughs> some of the stuff he probably just made up but I, I just from he was always a uh, inspiration in terms of you know always trying to learn more always trying to know more be you know always keep innovating and getting better and stuff like that he was also just a simple guy too he was a, he always always liked to hang out we one of my fondest memories well multiple times is we'd always get like crabs from maryland and we'd always just sit outside in the summer and uh you know he ever all the adults would be drinking and we know i was younger at the time and you know we'd always get like a bunch of crabs and we'd just sit out there just eating like three dozen crabs this <laughs> 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 was me and my, my dad's side of the family and uh, that was just like the way we like passed time and i still love crabs to this day and it reminds me of him dearly so um you know he was always just a he was he always was like work hard he, he told me to like you know work hard and do your best and all those different cliches but also like relax you know enjoy life you know it's simple simple things that can make you happy so he was definitely a a, a beacon of uh, inspiration for me in terms of what how i want to structure my life and how i want to uh, live my life so yeah you know he just uh, you know i wish i had met him I do too. I, I do too. There's a lot of people I wish that met him. Um, just once, you know, he, and he makes a good impression the first time. You know, he's he'd probably make a joke, and uh, you know, he just my uh, <laughs> my one friend that I mentioned, uh, I referenced earlier, that from Galloway. He met him like once, and uh, I think it was like only once, maybe twice. And uh, you know, he my my friend said something to him. He was like really young when he well, not really young. He was like 11 when he met him the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> we were actually on the my my dad was my dad's a veteran. Um, and he was in the Coast Guard, so uh, we, for my Boy Scout trip, we actually were going to go stay on the battleship New Jersey. So I was like, "Oh, cool, let me bring my dad. He loves boats." Um, and it was like really hot on the boat because it's like a, a like a underneath. Was the it boat. in the middle of summertime? No, it was actually in the winter time. But really, was, but underneath there's just so many engines and stuff. It was super oh, hot, right. sleeping. Okay, I didn't consider that. Yeah. Yeah. So under you know, so my my one friend, he he went up to my dad. He was like, "It was so hot, my head is melting," and <laughs> and my dad never forgot that. And he just all the time would just be. I would I would mention my friend's name and be like, "Oh, my head is melting." And I'm like, "Yeah." Like he just never forgot. It. And he just made a connection with people that, like, you know, it just wouldn't he wouldn't forget. So then my dad, my my friend would be like, "Does he still know me as the kid whose head was melting?" And I said, "Yep." <laughs> and it's just you know, he was just really good. He just like talking to people, just really friendly guy, and uh, he's really funny. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of people I wish I would, that could have met him at least once, and you're you're included with that because yeah. he would have a lot of cool things. But um, yeah, I still have uh, you, you know that little card that mm-hmm. they uh that they give out when if you go to a uh, viewing or some sort yep. of funeral like that, I still have that up do in you? my room. I do. Oh yeah, definitely. Awesome I mean, hear. it's been a couple of years, but yeah, yeah, no, I did. yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was actually it was it was amazing to see uh, people from Shoprite go to his viewing, and you know, it was people that he never, you know, he. There's probably two dozen of them that I yeah. think that went, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and different like packs of people, you know, different cars showing up. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was awesome. It shows, you know. Your family's probably wondering who the hell yeah, are these yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes to show that you know people there they were super supportive, and you know that's something that I do miss from from that store it was you know sometimes. It was a little stressful and whatever, but they at the end of the day, most of the time, everyone had each other's back, and it was, it was mm-hmm. pretty cool. What uh, I mentioned, uh, what's well, first, what's uh, do you have some sort of cause? Uh, maybe that's not the right word. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I guess I guess it is cause uh, that you feel is important to you. Like, uh, for example, some would say mental health is a big uh, is a big uh, cause that they really are uh, passionate about and things like that. Uh, yeah. Um, what's uh, what's one of yours? If if you ha- if you have more than one, please do. But if it's uh, yeah. So in terms of just like causes that are important, um, you know, you know, you, you mentioned mental health, and that is an extremely important one as well. I, w- I probably wouldn't have thought of that when if you asked me this question before you said that, but I do agree that's extremely important, and I think it's uh, not like I think it, people are going to start start are starting to realize that it is more important than we gave it credit for to begin with. Um, but you know, it's definitely something that people need to be aware about, and you know, it, it's not—it's not just like a, a made-up thing. Like I, I genuinely believe it's something that's you know something extremely important. The brain is an organ, man, just like your kidneys yeah. and your heart and your you know, <laughs> you know, there's different parts of your body that you know things can either you know be off in terms of like you know either chemicals or mm-hmm. you know or trauma or different things that happen in your life. Um, you know, military veteran. You know, there's a lot of studies about like PTSD and all kinds of different things that. Um, you know, are, are like, you know, there's a lot of science behind them, and I genuinely believe that, you know, we need to, you know, focus on that. So that's that's an important one. I think it's very uh, not talked about a lot. Um, kind of, of underrated, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The other thing, too, one of the biggest things that I'm into now, like, well, I've been into for, like, a large part of my life, um, you know, is, like, in, in terms of uh, the environment, you know, in terms of, like, uh, <laughs> like not like uh, not like being like save the environment, but like I really think that we you know there's a lot of things that innovation and like you know the, the, they talk about like global warming and all these different things. So I'm, I'm a huge advocate of like not not even necessarily like the whole like uh, global warming thing, which I do believe you know is a thing, but I, I'm not going to get into that right now. <laughs> like, but I think genuinely like the whole uh, how we're treating our planet is not cool. <laughs> how we use resources because like like we're talking about with economics, it's the use of scarce resources you know like fossil fuels and different different resources are all you know finite they there's not an unlimited amount of them um so i'm a huge you know i'm a huge uh proponent and you know believer in you know finding different ways to achieve different things with more renewable resources and not necessarily you know to be like super you know green per se but mm-hmm. in terms of like you know respect for our planet respect for you know i don't want to breathe like super gross air because we just keep blowing stuff into the air you know yeah. or like water you know i think you know and i'm i'm just big into a, you know like just preserving nature um and you know because i i like really enjoy like national parks i really enjoy going on like hikes and walks and you know i just think that there's a, a respect of the earth that we've kind of lost um yeah. and different things that we've done that i think we can get a lot better with um so while like because I, I try to explain that like passion of mine in terms of like different innovation for like global health <laughs> right um and then people are like oh geez <laughs> you know it's like you know super like crazy uh you know uh with like environmental things but like no it's it's about like respect of our planet it's a respect of, of our environment i'm a huge believer i've heard this saying once of like leaving a place better than you found it um and that can be for anything um you know if you walk into a room and you see like or like you see trash on the ground you pick it up and you throw it away like did you have to no but you're leaving the place but better you than, did yeah but you're leaving the place better than you found it especially if you care about it so um you know i think you know we've done a little bit of damage to our just our planet and and, and you know like like humans got uh take uh, have 
had issues where we've destroyed a lot of habitat and everything for a lot of animals and they're extinct because of us now like scientifically shown that a lot of different species are extinct because of humans and like that's not cool <laughs> you know like so we're making it we're making a negative impact and i think there's a good way of coexisting with the world you know obviously we need a lot of resources we need a lot of things from the planet but at the same time we need to respect it and give back to it and you know cultivate you know more more use for the future instead of just using it all up now and then just blowing up the planet because we uh you know we use and now what you know so um the population overgrowth and you know there's there's a lot of things going on that uh that i think that we need to address um that um uh, research and talk about and stuff like that so those are my two big causes. I have plenty of other ones that I like dabble in, but <laughs> it's really mostly just a, a major kick right now is really environmental uh, health, environmental uh, science. If I, if uh, this is a little side tangent, if I ever did, for didn't go into economics, I would have definitely went into like environmental science. Like, really? and I actually regret it sometimes. Um, I regret sometimes taking my degree in economics. Not that I don't love it, but the thing is though, like I like what I do generally. But I'm not, like, super, super passionate about my job currently, you know? But if I felt like I was in the field doing, like, uh, you know, actual, like, real environmental preservation, um, you know, stuff like that, I feel like I would be a lot more fulfilled. But I also know there's not a lot of money in that, you know? And I think I made the I made the choice of trying to of money over, like, what I would really, really enjoy. And uh, sometimes I regret that. Sometimes I don't because I sometimes I like what I, you know, I like, like what I do and I get paid a good amount to do that thing. Um but, you know, sometimes that from like a passion standpoint of me being like, what am I doing with my life? You know, right, right. Oh, I'm sure like, we all get that question. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I regret not do, not going to school for the thing that I actually like genuinely am passionate, passionate about. I don't know where I would have ended up, but I, I know it probably would have been more fulfilling than what I do now. So what's uh, you know, I think uh, you bring this up in a room full of hundred people. Half would say, well, if we would just recycle, everything will be okay. And the other half uh, would say something completely opposite. Sure. Um, to those... W Recycling is important. We all sure. know sure. that. Yep. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. Is there more... It might be a rhetorical question, but... Mm -hmm. What is there something else outside of that realm that can be done better? There's a lot of things. Um, what one thing you mentioned, like recycling or whatever, and it seems like pretty like, oh yeah, we all know uh, recycling's like good. Like everyone should just you know just recycle. Um, I'd rather have it that we don't have to recycle at all. What I mean by that is that you know the the creation of plastic and and waste, right? This is this is actually talking about waste in general, right? Yeah. Um, you know, this disposable plastic bottle that I have in front of me, you know, this is good. And if I recycle it, you know, it'll get put back into a system probably. The problem is twofold, right? Or manyfold, but two that I can think of right now is that um, one, you know, a lot of times recycling, when, when things are recycled, they're actually like contaminated and they actually can't be used for recycling. So they get thrown into a landfill anyway. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and two, it's like the production of this plastic is causing other issues that I was mentioning earlier. Um, so the goal is to actually not produce this plastic at all, you know, use a reusable water bottle. So like, 
Um, and, 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 but the bigger picture thing is waste in general, because like, for instance, 40% of like the most recent statistic is that like 40% of food produced in the United States is wasted, is thrown out like 40%. So like you have a hundred apples, 40, 40 of them are going to get thrown out. Um, and that's a lot of waste, right? And that's just, and that's where like, yes, it causes some greenhouse gases or whatever from it decomposing and blah, blah, blah. But also like. That's also like a lot of wasted food. Like just fundamentally, there's something wrong with that, right? So, um, you know, yes, I believe yes. I think we should recycle. Blah blah blah. All those like whatever things. There's a lot of other ways to help with that stuff. But I think just fundamentally, I think we waste a lot as a as a country in a world um, where we overproduce stuff and we just we, we just you know it doesn't needs aren't being met where they're at and we're just overproducing and you know there's something wrong with just throwing out forty percent of stuff. You know, so I think something to do better would be to r- reduce food waste and other waste. You know, there's other, d- there's other, you know, different things that we all just throw out. Um, and I saw a lot even at ShopRite, you know, and the problem is we couldn't even donate it because like a lawsuit um, or there was like there was a, a legal thing that there was an issue where someone sued because they got sick for something we donated. And that kind of steered ShopRite away, well, at least our stores, from um, from donating the stuff all the time. You know, sometimes they would do certain things they could donate. Um, but a lot of things they didn't because they were afraid of lawsuits. So like, there's just a lot of, that was actually, we were talking earlier about things that frustrated me, the things that I wanted to change. (laughs) That was one of them, at least trying to at least help that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So to answer your question, uh, uh, reducing waste because we throw away a lot of stuff and, uh, either it ends up in landfills or we waste food that could have been eaten by someone else or just not, you know, not produced and, and, uh, wasted for no reason, you know? Uh, I'll give you an example of something like that. So about, it was about a year and a half ago. I had gone on a date with somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a simple dinner date, whatever. Sure. Um, you know, I ordered one thing. They ordered another thing. Uh, to keep a long story short, you know, I I always finish my meals. You know how Dead, I Yeah, I got you. My date you know mm-hmm. then yeah and i was and i asked him do you need like a uh one of those uh boxes or sure. something to mm-hmm. take it home with no it's like well why 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 did you if if, if i get farther into it my i start to lose lose brain cells but uh yeah that it, it really it would really uh irk me yeah no, I, I get it. yeah and, and like sometimes like i know as did that situation <laughs> no i hear you like and sometimes food quality like does deteriorate a little bit when you bring food home and i get that um but it's like that's actually a big part of it is like the portion sizes are huge right mm-hmm. um so like you kind of have to bring it home or waste it so like that's not great <laughs> right, i mean it's great right. I, I love it's leftovers. fine to bring yeah. it home but... yeah I love leftovers, honestly. Like that's like the it's like it's it's like going out again. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> Personally, but yeah, there's a lot of people that just don't. They'll just you know just leave it, leave half uneaten, and they won't bring it home, and it is frustrating. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's a little annoying. <laughs> but um, so what's uh, is there uh, anything else that you're like really passionate about? Like nowadays, I mean, I know maybe things are things were probably different five years ago, but or. Is there something that you're passionate about right now that's um, going on right now? Like in terms of what I like pursuing or like or like topics or what? Because like 
Oh, it could be. It could be either of these. Because like, there's like, I have certain things that I've always wanted to do. Like, if you ever get to know me, I, I want. There's a billion things I want to do, and I never do any of them because. I, they're either you know I either lose interest real quick and then I you know I, I don't get sustained interest in it or it's like really difficult and I just give up, which is a problem, obviously. Um, well, but, so say you, but could, you anyway, <laughs> anyway, a problem for me because I have a lot of things I want to do. Okay. Um, like I want to, you know, I've always wanted to like start like a company. I've always I, I want to be like an entrepreneur. Um, Very cool. Yeah, I've always wanted to like you know sell like sell things. You know, I've I've dabbled in like t-shirt. Uh, production i sold a couple t-shirts not many but like that's always fun i think that's pretty cool um you know i just i don't know there's a, a lot of things that i would like to do um you know i'm huge into it like investing um and like stocks and trading which is foreign exchange uh like basically currency trading i'm a huge into that the problem is is that i work a day job right However, they it aligns exactly with the the times when the stock market's open, so I can't even trade during the day. From, At least when yeah, I was from nine thirty to four every day, yeah. Right. So like the you know, uh, like when I was working at at ShopRite, I was like a night manager or whatever. I, I could you know trade in the morning, like I could I, I could do that in the morning, and then yeah. I'd go to work. Um, but now like I can like, so that's like frustrating. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, so that's why I tried to get into forex, which is foreign exchange. Um, where it's open 24-7. But the problem is is that the, most of the volume, most of the action is happening during when the stock market's open, right? So just because it's open uh, throughout the, the rest of the day doesn't mean anything's happening, right? So that's a little frustrating, and I, I missed it. And I've been trying to figure out a way that I can, like, kind of trade at night to be able to, like, still, you know, still do what I like to do. But it's a lot of research. I'm also tired from working all day. So, like, mm-hmm. my brain's already – I stare at a screen – eight hours a day um and then i then what i want to do is also stare at a screen for another four like my eyes like my eyesight's getting like 10 times worse <laughs> just right, from working right, right. recently um so i, I miss that and I, but i'm passionate about that I, I follow it a lot um I, I will not give financial advice but i will you know talk <laughs> to people about it anytime um so yeah financial advice <laughs> not, no, i do not give financial you're like advice. a wizard my friend right um if, if we're going to continue with uh, the financial, if we're going to continue with our financial uh, part of this, mm-hmm. um, cryptocurrency. Yep. What say you? Uh, I have some. <laughs> because, That's all I got. You know, because I, I only ask because, so, you know, it's like half are skeptical with it. Yep. The other half is like, oh, I'm going to go all out with this. Yep. Um, is it going to be and it's kind of a bold question but is it is it going to be the next big form of currency in the, in maybe not even in this in this country but in the world so um there's it's a loaded question as you as, I know, it's, as it's, you know it's very it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it can be okay. construed in different yeah. ways but it's 
it, it's more so to be meant for a general sense, right? So, not to not to overcomplicate anything. So, in terms of investing right now, right? Um, there's a couple, you know, and this actually draws back to investing in general, like um, where you have two different types of people that are in a, in in a market, whatever the market is, whether it's precious metals like gold, silver, a cryptocurrency, it could be stocks, like Bitcoin, sure, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's two people. There's people that are well. I guess there's three people. There's three people that got in super early, right? When they heard about it, and they're just they're they're it's paying off now because they got oh, in certainly. at like at like point oh three cents a share, and now it's at like two dollars. So that obviously they're rich. Um, you know, so, some would say, well, I mean, it's only a two dollars a share. Come on, when you well, buy it at three, when, when you, you buy, buy it at three cents, a boatload of shares, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes a difference. You know, if you put ten thousand dollars in, it's the three at uh, three cents, and then now it's at three dollars. Now you have you know, got a lot of money, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You've got a million dollars. So, um, so there's there's the people that got in super early. There's people that are investing because they see that there's an upside to it, right? And then there's the third group, which is I ask people when they ask me about different things, uh, I like to ask them this question. And, like, it's a really honest question, and it's it's not bad. It's just what happens a lot is people that have FOMO, right? So fear of missing out. Yes. That's everything with investing. That's that, that you know, whether it's, you know, investing in real estate, investing in because the housing market's crazy right now. Um, people are buying just to have to buy into it, right? Because they see that there's it's going up and up. And how can it go down? You know, how could it be a problem? You know, when is it going to when, go down? When is it going to go down? You know that that's always never on the front of some people's minds. You know, people are buying. You know, what was it, Dogecoin? Um, you know, yeah, it's going up and up and up. Literally, what I was going to ask you next. Yeah, no. So yeah, we can talk <laughs> about Dogecoin. Um, but you know, it, people bought it because they were seeing it was going up, and the the, the FOMO was going in. But they, they didn't believe in it. They didn't they, they didn't know what it was. They didn't know any of that stuff, and some a lot of people got burned because of that. Yes. Um. Yeah. You know, the same thing with GameStop when it was going on that crazy run. You yeah. Know, people yeah. saw it going up. They and AMC it. was AMC. another one. Um. You know, FOMO's huge in investing. It's actually one of the biggest problems I would identify yes. um, with new investors. Um. Is is FOMO? Don't you know? Don't jump on something just because it's going up. There might be a reason it's going up, but there also might be a reason why it's just in a bubble and it's going to pop. Right. Um. So that that's my first blurb about you know cryptocurrency in terms of that a lot of it is just you know people are getting into it because of FOMO and that's not a good sign. Um. And actually that uh, seemed like a, a small bubble burst, a uh, small bubble burst, um, somewhat recently a couple a couple months ago where you know, uh, you know, Bitcoin hit its record high, Ethereum, which is another one, hit its record high, everything went up, and then people started and then started going down, going down a little bit, and everyone pulled out. All those people that were like, oh geez, it's actually going down a little bit. You know, and they all pulled out their money because they yeah, didn't, they're yeah. not they're not. And that's what made it tank. And that's what because made it tank. They were up probably about sixty seven thousand dollars a share, yep. something like that. And then that. It, went, it cut it cut all the way down in half. So that that was a huge bubble that burst in terms. And, now, of, and I think now it's hovering around forty yeah, forty one. It's creeping back like up. That. Yeah, actually, I got in the, during this thing, I got a notification that Ethereum's up right now. So, um, which is what I which is the one I have. So, um, it's it's just. Uh, you know it, that that's a huge problem, and you know that's that's what I think is going on here. I think fundamentally, uh, it's it's an invest. Uh, I'm always interested in something that has monetary value that could go up. As a you know, in my econ background, my investor background, uh, it, it I'm always interested in anything that has that possibility. So to answer a question of like, what do you think about uh, you know cryptocurrency? Well, I'm interested because it's going up in value, and why? And I want to know if there's a if there's an opportunity there, um, and I think. There's opportunities. Um, the thing is, though, the thing with uh, the diff- there's different types of cryptocurrency. 
that they do different things. Bitcoin is literally just a storage of value, right? It's literally, hey, some people didn't uh, necessarily think that the financial systems um, are fully sound, that they could be manipulated. So someone sought to make this store of value coin, basically, that like you could put money into, and it's going to hold its value in theory, or it's going to, you know, a, pl- a safe place to put your money, right? It can't be manipulated, which is a little bit flawed logic. But, um, yeah, that was the whole idea of it, right? Where some other different uh, cryptocurrencies, like Ethereum, which is supposed to be like, uh, it's a network, basically, to help that, that the processes it used could, like, be used to help computers um, communicate faster and there's different there's different purposes to each type of cryptocurrency so to to broaden to broadly put all of the cryptocurrency in one bucket being like is it the future or is it you know is it useful it depends on which one you're talking about um do i see the use in them um personally not yet <laughs> um th- there's always this potential talk oh the potential to do this potential, i don't see potential and potential. that's where the that's where the inherent value comes in right um, of getting in now, and then when it blows up, you know it goes up. You know it. You know you'll be in now. So, am I sold on the perp on the on the use of it yet? No. Am I? Do I think it has potential? Yes. And to answer your question about, uh, do you think it'll be like uh, in the future, like the like you know, will it be like the what we use for you know money, or you know, is it going to be, you know, how we you know like I guess pay with stuff? Um, I don't know. But if you Recently, the Federal Reserve Bank uh, Board of Governors recently announced that they're doing research into a, a digital U.S. dollar, So, which is the U.S. dollar backing a, a cryptocurrency form of the dollar, right? And the, and the Chinese yen ha- already has a cryptocurrency being developed to back that. So do I think that, like, Bitcoin or Ethereum is going to be the future? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, will digital currency be in the future? Yes, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Whether it's you know Bitcoin or whatever, I don't know. Um, but the idea of blockchain, the technology behind Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and Dogecoin or whatever, um, you know that that kind of stuff, uh, that 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 kind of technology and that kind of networking is going to be the future. Yes. Um, am I buying my groceries with Dogecoin? Probably not. <laughs> I see. Because uh, you know what, I remember I, I'm looking at I'm looking at Dogecoin right now. What they're they're at twenty eight cents, twenty four cents. Twenty four cents. It was twenty eight <laughs> when I checked a week ago, <laughs> or whatever it yeah. was. Well, I mean earlier, like yesterday, it was like down to seventeen cents. Oh, there you go. Why they were they were closing in on a dollar not too long ago. Yep, a, a time there was, and yep. what exactly? in your opinion would you say made it tank so far because some would say well i mean it only it's you know 50 cents i mean yeah well yeah if you compare it to the dow or the s p or something like that yeah it's all um it's not a big deal but you know when it was at you know almost 80 cents a share now it's down now it was not now but recently down to 17 cents a share that it's huge. Well, it's it's all about it's it, it, you know when you talk about cents and like change you know fifty cents a share seventy five cents a share. It's easy to be dismissive of it not being a big deal. Oh, it's cheap, right? Well, it, but it's all relative, right? Um, if you buy ten thousand dollars, magic phrase. Yes, it's all relative in terms of how much you buy and how many shares you have, because you know people and I, I, I there's one person actually at Shoprite that was asking me about it. Um, 
and I know that she, um, you know, she was one of the people that pulled out as soon as it started dipping because they're not, you know, they bought it on a meme. They bought it on, like, the, the hype. They bought it on the FOMO. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. you know, it, there was nothing behind. So the whole thing, the whole thing that things, one of the ways things get uh, value is scarcity, like we talked about a couple times already. Yeah. Right? Is that there's a limited, finite amount of them. The thing about Dogecoin is that it's a joke. It was a joke. Right? Literally and was created it, it, as it's a, it's a joke. joke. Yes. And what they did <laughs> was they made it so that there's unlimited amount. They, they, they can there, There's no limit to how many Dogecoin there are, right? So it's not like there's a finite amount of them and then they're gaining value over time. There can be as many, many as they want floating in existence. So there's no scarcity involved, right? So there's nothing to say that they can't, you know, and when simple supply and demand, if you have, you know, if there's only one one of this thing in the world... People are going to pay a lot of money to have that one thing, but if or there's ten million of them, try to have that one right. thing. You know, the, like the, the, one of the biggest, one of the craziest things is like the the uh, artist, you know, for the Wu Tang Clan. They only make one one of their albums. They only make one, right? They right. they only print one of them, and then people bid so much money to have that one particular album. Some people that don't even listen to it, right? right? They just want to have it just because. Just and and the whole thing with like NFTs and all this stuff is like, you know, it seems like nonsense. But like you know, basically paying money for a picture, you know, uh, you know, or a piece of art or whatever mm-hmm. that's like digital. Um, but there's scarcity behind it, which gives it inherent value. Um, you know, Dogecoin and other meme coins, as they're called, um, don't have any scarcity. Um, so it's literally just hype that was bringing it up. And if hype, you know, the things that are driven by hype are going to come down when the hype stops, or it starts to not. It starts to falter a little bit, and that's exactly what happened. It hit one dollar, and it's been hovering right around where it is for like forever. the past and, month there's nothing, and a half at least. There was nothing driving it except for media hype. People talking about it. People on Reddit. People on Facebook. On Twitter, saying, "Oh, buy it, buy it." People are like, "Oh, look how much money I'm making with Dogecoin." People buy into it, and it's—I don't want to say it's a pyramid scheme because it's not per se, but that's how that's how that kind of thing works. Is that people that are in early, you know, benefit, and then people that are in late lose out. So you know, because there's only a certain amount of money that goes into something and it's just you know stocks and investments redistribute that money so if you buy you know buy a stock at one dollar and it goes up to a hundred dollars you sell at a hundred you made a bunch of money but yes, if someone did. bought it at 85 dollars and then it goes up to eight it goes up to 100 and it goes back down to 50 they lost a bunch of money so the amount of money in something doesn't change it's just how it's distributed changes so you know with meme coins and dogecoin and you know, I, the the sole reason it went down so much is because the media hype stopped and people panicked because they were losing real money, and that's what's the sad about it. Sometimes, uh, is like especially with GameStop, people that put their like life savings into something they thought was going to go to a thousand dollars because that's what everyone was that's saying. Right. You know, they bought it at two hundred dollars and it hit like four hundred or three hundred. I don't know, and then it goes back down to fifty dollars. Well, they lost their life savings. Um, yeah, yeah. or half half their life savings. You know, so. It, it's 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 uh it can be very beneficial. It can be very lucrative. I've seen a lot of great stories, but I also see horror stories and people really getting mm-hmm. really getting messed up. Um, really getting the short end of the stick. But yeah, no. Without any hype, I, I doubt it's going to go up any higher. Without any 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 other like. Not anytime soon. If anyway. Elon Musk tweets about it, it might go up. Besides that, or if he's on SNL. Yeah, again. if he's on SNL again. <laughs> but even when he's on SNL, he trashed it a little bit. He said it was a joke and it plummeted. So it's yeah, you know. Anyway. And it lost like 30% of its mm-hmm. value in only like yep. five, six hours or whatever it was. Yep. So. Um, when uh, people are 
investing for like retirement purposes yep. which i think is a lot of people yep. they're, they're increasing anyway I w- i'm not i wouldn't say maybe a lot of people let me take that back um but i be, think though. it's I, I, what's that you should be though <laughs> <laughs> that's what so but i think there's more and more it's like uh on a um slight increase i would sure. say um those that are late to the party i think i, I would consider myself kind of late to the party i i would strictly invest for my retirement not on a meme stock essentially <laughs> true um I, I don't know it's just I'm, I'm still just an amateur at it um the average starting uh age for retirement savings is 25 so i don't think you're late to the party by the way. <laughs> so just so you're so if they they recommend uh, 25 because that's by the time you get out of school or or you you work your way up into a position that mm-hmm. actually has like a 401k or whatever is the average is 25 so even if it's you're even even if you're past 25 it's never too late to start so just saying that's my that's yeah, my only even, legal even advice if you're I'd at give. like 40 or 45 right. or something it's like better that. than nothing yep um what kind of uh, advice would you have? Not, not exactly financial advice, like oh, you need to invest right, in right, this sure. and this mm-hmm. and this. Sure. Um, just some some t- some, some pointers. general pointers or advice that you have for those that are investing strictly for retirement. Sure. Um, there's some rules of thumb that are generally a good idea. Are you know are they going to be perfect? Are you going to make a million dollars? Probably not. Um, but there are some things that you that are always a good bet to take. Um, one, if your employer has a 401k, uh, do it, you know, if they have a price match, which means, you know, they, they match oh, that's up. Key. Yeah. That is key. It's free money. It's literally free money. Take match it. I know it might be painful. I know it may be taking some of your check and you get mad when you see it being like, they took this much, they took, you know, 5% out of my check for this. Um, it, do it, you know, Matt, get all the free money you can. Um, you know, that, that's one of the major things that people don't do, or they'll only get like, they match up to like 3%. They only do 1%, right? No, get all the free money you can. Um, because it's F R E E. Exactly. No, that, that's, that's, that's not even fine. I, I give, I feel comfortable giving that financial advice. <laughs> um, that, that, that's the only advice I'll ever, financial advice I'll ever give. Um, is to always try to you, you do your um, employee, uh, like employer match. Um, you know, the thing is, um, picking scientific, well, uh, they did, they've done studies on this, and picking individual stocks, um, you actually are probably going to do worse off um, than if you actually just invested in a, like a 40, uh, sorry, an S&P 500, like mutual fund or an index fund. Mm-hmm. Basically, that maps exactly what the S&P 500 is doing. Right, because the S and P five hundred is a is a mixture of the five hundred like of five hundred stocks on the on the stock exchange, right? Yes. So it has a good blend of things, right? It has a good blend of different industries, sectors, um, you know, d- you know, different market conditions, um, you know, uh, affect certain you know sectors and parts of the market where. You know, if you have diversification in some sort of index fund like the like an SOP five uh, S and P five hundred matching index fund, right. um, you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna just benefit. So they what they recommend, right? And this is not my financial advice, <laughs> <laughs> is that you know you just you regularly if you can't if you can you regularly contribute a certain amount of money towards this S and P five hundred index fund. And and the key though is to to invest in it when times are good and when times are bad. 
because what happens is, you know, the stock market goes up and up and up, and you're buying it. Like, let's say you put $100 a check in. I don't know. Okay. Um, and you're gonna, and the, then the shares are at a hundred dollars each, right? You can buy one share, one share, right? Yeah. This, and then it goes up to one twenty-five, and then you buy like you're buying partial shares, right? So you're like, this is doing nothing, right? But then you see this, then the stock market tanks, right? Yes. It loses a bunch of value, and right now the, those shares are at fifty uh, fifty dollars a share, right? Well, you just saw your portfolio get cut in half, right? So the yes. the, the idea, it, the impulse, I mean, is to pull out of your money because you don't want to lose any more, right? But the thing is, though, with long-term investing for retirement, you're in it for the long run. So do not, under any circumstances, unless there's something that, like, dire, like, that you, like, there's no way to survive without this money, right? You leave it in, you see the loss, and then you keep investing because now the market's low, right? So now the market's at $50 a share, let's say this this imaginary uh, S&P 500 index fund is, right? Okay. So now when you're buying $100 a week or paycheck, um, you know, now you're buying two shares, right? Because now it's at, now it's cut in half. Yeah. So now you're buying more, right? So then, as the market recovers, now you have more shares coming back up. So it's it's essential that if you do this strategy, to buy when the market is up and when the market is down, and you, you're supposed to do it regularly because overall, uh, on average, the market, uh, the S and P 500 year over year, averages 10 percent increase every year, right? So, um, you know, if you keep putting money into it regularly and historically, if the, the trends keep following what they're doing, you know, you're going to you're going to have a good amount of money in retirement um, because you're consistently investing and it's growing a little bit each time. And you're buying when the market's low and you're buying less when the market is high. So it kind of auto calibrates like your the performance of your portfolio to buy low and not buy as much when it's high. And then as when the market goes up and it goes up and it goes up. Um, you know, you, you have a lot of shares in some, in in this S and P five hundred you know thing, and uh, as long as the stock market doesn't go to zero, um, right. you know you got money in it. And it, but the whole key is that it's a long time horizon. You know, you're not you're not doing this for three years. You're not doing this for five years. You're doing this for thirty years. You're doing this for twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little blip in the market happens all the time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that would be my advice is to if you're gonna. If you're going to manage your own portfolio, which I would suggest if you don't to not manage it if you don't have to, um, but if you're going to manage it, buy like an S and P 500 mutual fund because and then just regularly, regularly like every check, buy a little bit of it, contribute then, to, towards to it, contribute yeah. towards it, um, because then you're gonna you're gonna you know average out and get a good long term performance. Because picking stocks, you might get lucky, but chances are you're going to not be lucky. Um, and you're going to lose more money than you would have got if you just would have kept, stayed the course. Yeah, you can read all the articles you can, you can online. You can go on Twitter. You can you can follow all the memes. Or Reddit stuff, or, or whatever. Or whatever yeah. And you might get lucky. You you might. There are people, um, you know, I, I've gotten lucky on stocks and I made a good amount of money on some. Like, not like I'm not like a millionaire. <laughs> but I've like made, made good percentage gains on it. And I was just lucky. A little bit of, little bit of uh, research and a lot of bit of luck. And I, you know, I made a good amount of money on it. Um, a good percentage. It wasn't money. It was a good, a good mm-hmm. return on it. Yeah. And uh, you know, but I couldn't recreate that because I was just lucky. So you know, if you want to, you want your best chance of success. You know, you want to try that kind of strategy, a consistent strategy. Right. Looking into uh, and, spe- and speaking of looking into the future on things, what do you have planned? What's what? What are some things that you want to do? Some things you want to accomplish? I want to buy a house. <laughs> I want to get married, which, you know, hopefully that's still the plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I want to buy a house. I want to get married. Only time will tell. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, 
you know, I would like to do something with my life that's not just me going out of work and for eight hours going and, and then going, going home, home. And I want to do something else. I want you know something that you know I want to plant a tree that I don't sit in the shade of, as the expression goes, in terms of you know building something that you know does good things for the world and maybe i won't see the benefit of it until later or never but you know i want to do something good for the world and leave it better than i found it um <laughs> you know i don't know what that is yet um i've been i you know i i'd like to do something and i lose motivation a lot which we've talked about before mm-hmm. but uh you know i, I want to try to do something great there um i don't know what it is but short term, you know, like I said, uh, just the normal, you know, buy a house, maybe maybe get a maybe get a dog or a cat or something, <laughs> you know, short term short term goals. And uh, yeah, I don't know what my career is going to take me, but uh, I know I want to at least be in the government for uh, or my my job. I don't know if I should say great now the government's listening. <laughs> no, um, you know, uh, you know, I want to be you know where I'm at for at least five, maybe ten years, you know, so I'm invested in the so I have a pension, and then after that, who knows what I'll 